Power Project family, how's it going? And listen up. We talk about meat and nutrition all the time on this podcast from the carnivore diet, keto, low carb, IFYM. And the cool thing is that we've partnered with a great company, Piedmontese Beef. Yes, it's beef. And the great thing about Piedmontese Beef is this. No matter if you're someone who's dieting on low fats, high fats, carnivore, any diet, they have different types of cuts of steak that are going to fit your diet perfectly from the flat iron that has Andrew. What is the macros on that thing? Uh, so that one has 46 grams of protein and only four grams of fat for the entire steak. And if you want fattier cuts, they have ribeyes, center cuts. They have literally everything for no matter what diet you do. So you can't use the excuse of your diet and tell yourself that you can't eat red meat. So, Andrew, how can they get Piedmontese beef? Yes, man. So that's at Piedmontese.com. That's P-I-E-D-M-O-N-T-E-S-E.com. At checkout, enter promo code POWER for 25% off your entire order. And if your order is $150 or more, you get free two-day shipping. Again, Piedmontese.com, promo code POWER. All links down in the description as well as the podcast show notes. I remember when... uh... I remember when I was first with Andy, I was late all the time too. <laughs> but then it stopped or <laughs> I'm not I'm not as late. Okay. That works. And I, I just can't fuck as many times in a row. So mm-hmm. <laughs> some things do change a little bit, right? Like, oh, let's just do it again. Let's just do it again. Let's just do it again. Let's just do it again wow. and again and again. Oh again. man. That's Saturday, that's Sunday, mm-hmm. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. That's the way it goes, right? Mm-hmm. When you're new and things are new. When it's fresh. When it's, when it's fresh. Wait, when what's fresh? <laughs> when your weenus, penis, oh. short. Oh, wow. close. almost made it. Did you know that the skin on your elbow is actually called a weenus? Yeah, I know. I didn't know that's, that. That's great information, that's isn't it? fucking crazy. Why would they call it that? That's is something it? so good to share with like a, like a young kid, you mm-hmm. know? Yeah. Like, that's your weenus. I, mm-hmm. tell, I told that to my nephews. They were dying laughing. Do you know what is interesting, though? Have you ever um, assessed how that skin <laughs> is actually somewhat similar in terms of texture to, you guessed it. Mm. I mean, at least this is what I feel. It's different than this skin. Yeah, yeah. But it's very... It's, it's got the wrinkles in it and mm. everything. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, yeah. It's, maybe that's why they call it the weenus. Uh, maybe. Or like... I think our like lower body is like our upper body upside down mm-hmm. <laughs> and vice versa. So mm-hmm. it's like, uh, I don't know, shit, shit gets real weird when you start to think about it. Like an elbow and a knee is kind of similar. Mm-hmm. And then the skin on the front of the knee is a little bit similar to the skin on the mm-hmm. elbow, right? The Ham, weenus. Hamstring, bicep curl, quad, tricep. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like we couldn't, we couldn't have a, uh, I don't know, more, more variation there. Like just copy it. Like yeah. Fuck it. Copy, paste. <laughs> pretty That's much body, right bro yeah i uh had a really weird dream last sick night. <laughs> really weird andy and i were in a cold plunge together nice on the street <laughs> and the cold plunge had tires on it <laughs> and we were somehow going down this road and as we were going down the road like we were going down like an area that was like a like downtown area and there was like people uh-huh. and then people were like hey it's smelly and people came like running up and they're like what are you guys doing this cold plunge like this thing is dope i don't and i don't remember i can't remember i'm like did it have like a fucking steering wheel like cause i don't remember either one of us driving it i don't yeah. I don't know where 
I don't know where we were going, but Andy was like getting annoyed because people kept people kept stopping us. Mm-hmm. And then this one guy tried to give me drugs. He tried to give me like weed and mushrooms. Like I hear you talking about weed. On the show. <laughs> He's like, I wanted to set you up, and he goes to give it to me. And like Andy, like is looking at me, and some other fan is like taking a picture oh while this guy's God. like handing me drugs. <laughs> it was fucking bizarre, man. I must have been out cold. Yeah, it's a sign. I I, I think so. It's a sign that. You need to you need to get smoke some weed on the podcast. I know. Dude. Well, right, Doctor Strange. So that happened in another multiverse, right? Mm. Mm-hmm. Oh, you finally saw it. Fuck so yeah, on dude, Disney as soon as it came out, yeah, yeah. So there for a you. party for that shit. Yeah, really I good. Seen it yet? I got to check it out. It's amazing. It's on flip this Plus. thing upside down. There you go. So absolutely, you should watch it. Uh, did you cold plunge this morning? That, I guess that brings us to this. Did you I cold did plunge? not cold plunge, but I think what happened is. Uh, I started changing the temperature to be as like cold as possible. And I, so I think that's where these dreams have come from. Mm. <laughs> My body's like, what the fuck mm-hmm. is that, man? H- how's that been feeling since um, you've been amazing. doing it? Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. It, uh, it's also like, like, uh, kind of halfway makes me mad cause it's, it feels, <laughs> it feels unbearable. You know? yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I hate being like, uh, crushed by a challenge. You know, it's kind of mm-hmm. like frustrating. Mm-hmm. Um, it also feels like, I remember in wrestling, like when we used to like chop each other, we would chop uh, each other in the chest. It's kind of just like a stings. thing thing in wrestling, but yeah, it feels like your whole body's getting smacked yeah. like really hard. Like, uh, if you ever did a good belly flop <laughs> into the water, it kind of feels like that. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, I've been enjoying it and I, I only did one session so far where I didn't mess with the breathing. Mm. And that was just like, I don't, I was probably up in my head on that one. That one was really hard. Mm. I was only in for like 90 seconds. Yeah. But on other ones where I did the breaths, I was in for like eight minutes, 10 minutes, stuff like that. There we go. I did, last night I did 20 minutes at 56 degrees. Oh, so. Um, normally I can get through, well, it's fucking, it sucks. It sucks. It sucks. Like it's really hard to get in. I get in and I shiver and then I can breathe through it. I dunk my head in and then it's like, all right, cool. Now we're just reaping all the benefits. <clears throat> About like eight minutes in, I'm like feeling comfortable, I'll say. As comfortable as you can be as you're shivering and stuff. Uh, but then I just, I'm good. I'll, I'll usually get out around 10 minutes or whatever. And I'm like, you know, I'm, I don't know if I'm going to be able to get in tomorrow. So I'm like, let me just, I'm already in here. Like the hard part's done. I'm in here. Let me just keep going. And at about 16 minutes, I started shivering like crazy. Like mm-hmm. I couldn't stop at all. So I'm like, what the hell? Like it got, like, it just felt like it got way colder. Uh, I stayed in there till 20 and I just had to call it because I'm like, this is, this is way too cold now. Yeah. But it was interesting because it's only at 56 degrees only. It's extremely it's cold for me. Cold. Yeah. It's very cold for me. And it, dude, yeah, it, it, it my body was going crazy. Mm-hmm. It was cool. Yeah. Literally cool. Tell us about this jujitsu experience. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So Jason Kalipa trains over at Kaotera in San Jose. I was able to go there last Friday. wasn't able to go this Friday, but I'm going to go next Friday again. But the cool thing about that gym is like on Fridays they have this open mat, and a lot of the guys over there are competitors. A lot of those guys have won Pan Ams at Brown and Black Belt. and war- Like there's a few guys who have won Worlds. Mason Fowler trains there. It's a crazy nogi guy um american uh so does yuri samoas just a lot of monsters train there and i was able to train there last friday and it was uh because when i train here in sac i usually try to go to a few different schools so i can get some different types of sparring partners but even though i get a lot of good roles uh physically it's hard for me to find people that i can kind of just uh let 
let go with physically. Like I still kind of have to, because I'm bigger, I still kind of have to hold back in terms of the force and explosiveness I use doing certain Probably things. Not a ton of guys that are just even over like 200 pounds or so, right? There's a few guys some, that are over 200. Lot, maybe. There's a few guys over 200, but I'm still careful about being careful when I explode and how I explode. And I, a lot of times I don't. It doesn't mean that I can't get a good roll in because you can still roll well without having to use a lot of explosion on things. But um, there, I, I'm careful on that here when I roll because I don't want anyone getting injured. I don't want anybody getting hurt. And not everyone competes. So that speed of rolling doesn't mm-hmm. necessarily always apply to the specific role but over there all those guys compete those guys are fucking physical um and i it was it was awesome to train there because like you know i was even breathing heavier than i breathe when i when i train here Mm -hmm. in sac so it's like i'm gonna be trying to get over there um at least once a week hopefully uh Taking the train there would actually be better because that drive, the traffic is wild. But the unpredictable too. That's yeah. the hard part. Like it, it would be one thing if you can be like, oh, I'll just leave it this time. But that traffic going to what San Jose, right? Mm-hmm. San Jose. So it takes about two hours and fifteen minutes to get there. But take getting back to Sacramento, driving is three hours and yeah. thirty minutes. Because <laughs> everyone, everyone from the bay is coming home. It's coming so home. It, you're, yeah, yeah, it fucking sucks. But you just said the train thing. The train idea is a good idea. So, but it's just it's it's really dope. But I was I was telling you, Smokey uh, will know all about that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he'll get fired up if you ask him. <laughs> I was texting you guys in the text thread. I was like, it's like when I initially came to Super Training in 2015, and then just like I had all these monsters around, and I got stronger mm-hmm. quickly because I was mm-hmm. able to train with a lot of people who were strong stronger than me that's how i feel with that school i feel like uh because they're a lot they're more physical and a lot of them compete um being able to train with them and uh, spar with them is going to help out my game a lot so i'm i'm excited to train there more they were probably pretty excited too right have, yeah, yeah. Have someone new to play with. Right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. That, that, like, that's what, that's why uh, they invited me back because, like, you know, they're also trying to train with individuals who are physical. That'll help get them ready for competition mm. too. So it's um it's a win win situation for all parties. I think. But I never really thought about that with jujitsu. You know, it's an interesting thing. It's like people are participating it for all different reasons, right? Yeah. And there could be somebody in class that. Uh, ends up uh, progressing and and going through the belts and stuff, but it regardless of how stringent the school is about uh, leveling people up to the next belt, they're probably kind of hard, you know. If you have a guy that uh, you know formerly was a drug addict or a diabetic and he's in his fifties and he's like, you know, it's like you know, keep the guy a white belt forever just because like he's not <laughs> not amazing. Like if he's learning the skill and he's like progressing, I think. I think kind of owe it to people to kind of, you know, lead them, lead them uh, or let them make progress, I guess you'd say. But it's probably kind of a hard thing. And then with each person having different goals on why they're there, uh, you can't just go in and just totally smash somebody as if everybody's in the sport. Mm -hmm. Some people are there for spiritual reasons. Some people are there because it's a sport. But it's different than like the soccer field when you're a kid or the football field. It's like you're fair game. You signed up for this, man. And you know, I'm. You catch the ball over the middle. I'm gonna hit you with everything I got. Yeah, it's just a different, different thing, huh? It is somewhat. The thing is, is though, like a black belt. No matter if it's like a 50 year old black belt or a guy who's been training casually, but t- been training for 12 years and he gets his black belt. That black belt still has technique. Like that black belt will still fuck a lot of people up. But within, like, for example, within black belts, there's a difference between a 
a consistently competing competition black belt mm. and an individual who's been training for a long time their black belt. That black belt that's been training for a long time but doesn't compete is still really good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Could still kick a lot of ass. But that competition black belt, black belt is like in another stratosphere in terms of the speed of which they roll, mm. the physicality of which they roll, and a lot of the different things that they can do. Because if especially comp- competing at a high level, um, it's 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 different. Like I I, I know I know competitive purple belts uh, and competitive brown belts that will mess up black belts <laughs> because because the competition aspect is somewhat it, it's different if you're competing at a high level so it's um it, it, it's it's cool though like uh, i i always appreciate being able to go to different places and having the opportunity to train with different people but that school specifically just has a lot of high level competitors and mm. it, it's it i'm so fucking pumped man. that's great i'm so fucking pumped it's really cool when you look at stuff like that and you think of there's all these different kinds of people. Like you don't have to go like uh, just because somebody recommends walking or somebody recommends running or somebody recommends jujitsu uh, doesn't mean that you have to do jujitsu the way somebody else does it. Mm. It doesn't mean, you know, my, some people might see me run and they might see someone like Nick Bear or um, uh, Cameron Haynes or somebody like that. And they might be like, yeah, I got to go. Then they go and run and they get like a poor time or a poor result or they're like, wow, I just – they they'll say I quote unquote can't run. Like I suck at this. And it's like, well, no one really said how fast you have to run. Nobody mm. really said how fast you have to walk. Just go out there and, and do whatever is manageable for you. And I, so I think it gives people more opportunity to start something if they can kind of view it that way. Like, oh, there's – at a jiu-jitsu academy, there's many different types of people, right? It's not just – not a bunch of people that just look like you. Mm-mm, there's yeah. all walks of life. There's male. There's female. There's people that are big, small, short, tall, and so on. That's why I think also, you know, because when I talk about things on jiu-jitsu on social, a lot of questions I get is like, uh, do I need to lose weight before I start or do I need to get in better shape or I'm waiting to do you this? better know how to fight if you're going to get in there. <laughs> like, no, no, like – Anybody who's interested needs to just start because a lot of the adjustments that you're going to make to get better are going to happen as you're doing it. You're not going to – there's nothing you'll be doing on the outside that's going to get you ready to start jiu-jitsu. Like uh, mobility or whatever, you're going to figure those things out as you get going. So there's there's no reason – even how old you are. I know people who started in their mid-50s, right? Um, So it's it's just something to just – if you're interested in it, (laughs) just go fucking find a good academy. And start training. Mm. Yeah. I think a good topic for today, I, I shot it over to you guys, and I just, I've seen this many times, and mm. we've, we've talked slightly about it before, but um, people have kind of a hard time escaping their their past of uh, some of these things that they really grown to love, like strength training. A lot of people get really attached to the squat, the bench, the deadlift. And uh, it's just been my experience over the years, even though I do love those things and I always will love those things and I'll always do those things. Um, It's been my experience that the longer I've been around, the more that I understand there's just so many different types of strength. Yeah. Um, Somebody that can deadlift 700 pounds, that's really cool. Um, But also like what if the guy deadlifts 700 pounds and he can't do a pull up? Like that, that kind of sucks, but it might be rare to find somebody that can't do a pull-up because they might have tons of uh, grip strength. Mm -hmm. Um, Maybe a squat might be more of a better example. Someone squats 800 pounds, maybe they can't pull themselves up because they might be a very heavy individual. Um, But the point there just being like you go after strength in one area 
And when you do so with a lot of vigor, you spend a lot of time there. Like if you're an 800-pound squatter, you have spent a lot of time squatting. Like there's like a minimum requirement for each individual uh, and given their genetics and giving, given their uh, environment and everything like that. There's like just a certain amount of time. There's like a minimum quota that has to be met to squat 800 pounds. It's a tremendous amount of weight. Mm-hmm. And so you could kind of say, well, that guy that squats 800, he's so into that that potentially – he might be losing out on strength in other areas. Like it would be really rare to see that guy be like, yep, that 800 pound squat was cool. I'm going to do a handstand walk and just like proceed to walk on his hands across the gym. You'd just be like, oh my God, what the fuck? We have seen that before. We have seen some individuals be able to do all kinds of variations of things. Um, but I think it's an admirable thing. So I think... Hunt powerlifting is actually a good example of that. Yeah. I don't know if you guys know, oh, you yeah. know who he is. Yeah, yeah. He's that guy. He's super fucking strong, um, but he can do the splits too. Maybe that was something he... But he can move well. Yeah, and yeah. the guy that we had here, the uh, huge fucking guy that was... Uh, what if he was doing like almost like a 2,500 pound something total, right? I'm sorry. Oh, Weedmer? I forgot the... Steve Bake? Steve Bake. Bake. There you go. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Steve Bake was uh, was incredible. He'd do like burpees and like all kinds oh, yeah. of stuff. But it's it's very rare. And um, anyway, so for me, uh, the stuff that I've been working on, I actually was kind of shocked to see like so many positive comments on like an uncoordinated version of a step up that I was doing. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I was doing a step up with like a med ball and like twisting. And there's just like a lot of different things to think about. Um, but I'm doing I'm doing a lot of these new things, and people are pretty pumped. They're like, this is kind of cool. I they're see like that inside ankle bone. <laughs> yeah, they're like, they're like I gave it to you guys. Yeah, like, perfect, perfect. <laughs> Good observation. <laughs> You're <the> terrible. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> Remind me to tell you something off air for a second. Uh-oh. <laughs> oh. Anyway, yeah, I've been fucking with some new stuff, and uh, it's feeling good. I'm enjoying it. I have no idea if it's going to work well. I don't know what it's going to do. I don't know what it's going to produce can, or can how ex- it's going to work. Can you explain what's uh, going on here? Because you like kind of front karate kick the uh, the wall Hi-ya! here. Yeah. <laughs> I'm listening to somebody as like I'm messing with this, so uh-huh. I'm trying to like follow exactly what he's saying. Uh, this is just like twisting. This is just uh, the basics of like some running uh, mechanics. Obviously, when you run, you're not going to look uh, like that. But this is like a drill. This is just practicing. And some of these things fall in line with um, a lot of the things taught by functional patterns. So that's mm. the, tr- the style of training that I've been doing has, is fa- falls under that category of the stuff that uh, Naughty Aguilar uh, preaches and, and talks about. And there was a lot of comments about that. Actually, people were saying... Uh, you know, I don't like that guy, this and that. And I was like, well, I, you know, I, I don't care about your observation of him. I just, I've heard a lot of things about this, uh, functional patterns, um, these, these methods. And, uh, I just want to give them a try. And a lot of people that have experienced it and a lot of people that have done it, they're like, dude, this will change your life. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, dope, cool. Sounds like I'm on the right track. And some people even went as far to say is you can buy his 10 week program, which I think is like 200 bucks. Sounds very reasonable. Um, and you can, you can learn a lot just based off of that. Mm. And I guess the first maybe week or two is a lot of it's like myofascial stuff, the stuff that we've been, uh, messing with. So I'm going to purchase that as well and just try to, I, there's nothing like wrong with me. I can, I can do just about anything, but I just want to be able to do stuff better. And I'm just, uh, I made my body really, really tight 
uh, and that was for a particular purpose of lifting weights. And uh, but I just don't. There's no reason for me to go around that stiff anymore. It's yeah. just like unnecessary at this point. Mm-hmm. What are you learning? Like what? What new? So let's say we've had Weck here. We've had all these movement people mm-hmm. here, right? Uh, Goda. What? are some concepts that you're being shown like overarching concepts in the movements that you're doing that you're like, Oh, this is new or I haven't done this mm-hmm. before. Cause you were mentioning to me how um, you were feeling certain things fire that you haven't felt fire mm-hmm. before or in just a very long time. The movements are so different that it's like hard to be really descriptive of it. Mm. Like that movement like looks sort of normalish. It just looks like a step up with a little extra twist in there. Um, the wall thing looks a little bit more weird, but some of the other stuff I'm doing is really strange. Like where you do a, I forget what the movement's called, but you just basically hold a cable out in front of you, single arm cable. Palive press. There you go. Palive press. And so you, yeah, you kind of mess with some of that, but instead of just like twisting, you, um, you like only move your arms in the beginning of it. So your arms go and then... (laughs) And then you try to go from one side. So if I'm going from right to left, I'm like pouring water out of my ear from the right side. So I'll start there, which is already hard enough to do because my body weight's all on my right side as I'm bringing my arms towards the left. Mm -hmm. And then I will uh, rotate. And as I'm rotating, I'll pour water out of my ear and go this way. Mm -hmm. And it fucking hurts. (laughs) Is wild. Like it just lit up uh, like my quadratus lombardum, I guess you'd say, like, you know, the QL muscle um, and just some shit in like my back, um, obliques, like all that stuff. And I was like, holy fuck. And I, the guy that's coaching me, his name's John Mills. Um, and he's like, all right, eight more reps. And I was like, my body's like trembling. I'm like, you know, feeling like I'm going to die. Now you can, like any one of us, we have enough training experience. We can do that to anybody. We can find a movement and we can be like, yeah, sit at the bottom of a lunge for, you know, eight seconds with 80 pound dumbbells in your hands and you're going to feel like you're going to die. <laughs> so that's not like a miraculous thing to be able to uh, take somebody and find, you know, find areas where they're going to shake or find areas where um, they're going to find them challenging. But I just have never, I've personally never experienced a movement like that. I've never seen one like that. But the whole idea and concept, if you can kind of, break it down it goes just goes into movement it goes into like a lot of movement patterns like general movement patterns of running jumping throwing i think throwing is a really good example the transfer if you're right-handed and you go to throw like a pitch like you're a pitcher in baseball um you're going to step forward strongly with the left right and then the right is going to follow and you'll follow through and that diagonal pattern i mean how how much are you moving in that particular movement, it's almost like you can't figure out a way to move any more than that. Mm-hmm. Like your body moves around a lot. And then on top of some of that stuff um, where I guess I should back up a second and say the whole system is respective of your myofascial. We were told recently that your fascia in your body um, – the fashion in your body is one giant sack, right? It's just one giant thing. There's not like a bunch of uh, different fascia. And so this is in respect to that, that the body works in coordination and in concert with each other. So when you do something like a bicep curl, there's not anything really necessarily wrong with a bicep curl, 
but it's just not incorporating all the other uh, fundamentals that the body can do. Mm. And so like if you're going to do a bicep curl in functional patterns, you would actually like take a step. You wouldn't just do a curl. You would take a step and you would probably do almost like a tricep extension with the other one. So everything is kind of based off of like locomotion or running. Yeah. Um, and I, I don't know, like here's, here's where I fall off on any of this stuff whether it's GOTA or whether it's functional patterns or any other, or knees over toes. Um, where I lack some understanding is I don't know what it hurts to do a fucking set of hammer curls. You know what I mean? Like, does it bother anything, you know, or to do some cable crossovers, like to get a pump, you know? Um, I don't think that it would, but I understand the reason on, on why it's probably a good idea to leave some of that stuff behind for a, for a bit. <clears throat> Because it continues to pull on the fascia in a way that it's not really, I don't want to say designed to do, because obviously you're designed to do all kinds of shit. Mm -hmm. um, but it might be the very thing that kept you going in the same direction that, that you were going before. It, that those, those movements have done a great job for me personally of keeping me tight and keeping me stuck together. So if I'm going to change myself, I have to change my behavior. So therefore... I have to like cancel out other lifts for a little while. I think, I think that's going to be the most effective thing mm -hmm. for me. There's a few interesting things. Cause we've talked about, um, something we've noticed about functional patterns is that, uh, it incorporates a lot of, and I'm, this is as the simple, the simplest aspects. I know there's a lot of more intricate things to it, but it, it puts forward a lot of multi-planar movements doing things at mm -hmm. the same time with coordination. We were talking about this. Like there was a movement I saw an individual do with the cable. Uh, and then they had a bi he had a dumbbell in the other hand where he pulled the cable out and then he pressed, right? Um, there's quite a bit of coordination going on with that. There's rotational movement. There's pressing movement upwards. And then he went backwards with it again. But but the 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 having everything work in concert together as a unit is something that you don't see when it comes to uh, more simple engine movements when it comes to like powerlifting and bodybuilding. Because when we think of the bicep curl, it's isolating the bicep. Nothing else is really going on there. Um, a squat, it's up and down with the barbell. A deadlift, it's picking a lift up. Or a Romanian deadlift. A lot of these movements, they're just literally single plane, one-dimensional movements. But what you see with like functional patterns, what you see also with the stuff from David Weck uh, is that there's a lot of lot of coordination with doing a few things when you're doing a, a single exercise. Like you're not just pushing a sled when you see David Weck talking about sled pushes. You're pushing a sled, but then you're also activating this back, this this area in your back as you're pushing and maybe going from side to side. There's a lot of moving parts going on, and what it makes me kind of realize is that coordination. Right um, now, not everyone played sports when they are younger, but if there is a kid that's been an athlete since they are younger, there's already this aspect of coordination or body coordination that they have over people who haven't done that until they've been older. So functional patterns is actually it seems that it's 
trying to bake in a level of athletic coordination to people who haven't had that before. I know that he also does work with a lot of notable athletes, David mm-hmm. Weck and Nadi. They work with some notable athletes in terms of improving that coordination. He works with like a UFC fighter, um, this guy Kyle Dake, who's an amazing wrestler, just insane. Uh, but it, it seems that, you know, helping people. Oh, I think I've seen videos of that guy. Kyle Dake is insane. That was nuts. Yeah, Those yeah. videos online of him doing like stuff on the beach and stuff, right? Kyle That's Dates him, right? Mo- yeah. His movement is fucking beautiful. Um, I He's think pretty, Naughty has helped improve looks, him. Looks strong. I don't know how big he is because um, I don't know his weight class. I know he's, he's he has a lot of muscle. Looks muscular, yeah. But, um, you know, I think Naughty's actually helped improve him a lot too. One thing you'll see is that like there's so many athletes that go to this guy and then they're like, I won't do anything else. So there's, there's something that makes you wonder, okay, then what's going on here? Like athletes are saying this is amazing so there's something there but there's still <laughs> it's everything i thought it was going to be so like this <laughs> this gym that i go to this uh place in uh, uh i think it's like sebastopol california is where it's at um movement by design i was having trouble remembering the name hippie-ish Oh, yeah, you walk in and you smell the sage. And my boy, my homie John, he's got the he's got the man bun going. Of course. And uh, I look around and I'm like, this is interesting. There's like this calls for there's John and there's like five chicks here. This is an interesting, uh, interesting. Dynamic. Didn't see that coming. Yeah, and people, yeah, yeah. And then uh, you know people are kind of you know sitting on the ground like in these you know stretchy positions and just not a lot of clothes. Yeah, not not a lot of clothes. Some people are like cold plunging in the back and <laughs> oh, stuff, <that's> but amazing. <laughs> it's dope. It's perfect for me. It's like I need something that I think is just way different than what yes. I'm the death okay. metal rock music. Yeah, and yeah. <laughs> smelling salts. Another <laughs> another funny thing is like they had some death metal music playing. And I was like, huh. this is interesting, and like it came on like the the, the sound system that they have there and. Uh, John just like kind of looks at me because there was like this peaceful like waterfall music going for a little while and then like Pantera came on or something. <laughs> and I just kind of look at him and he's like I think he said something about like he's like I used to play football and like used to you know do all the heavy lifts and all the other stuff or whatever. I'm sure they had to like change the uh, the playlist because they're like oh shit Mark's coming in. Yeah yeah and they yeah. had to switch it all up. Get some Stone Cold Steve Austin music cranking in there. Or yeah. Something. Um, back to like the uh the, the example that you gave with the guy doing, Day? doing the, the twirl and then the yeah, yeah, the yeah. thingy. So a lot of it for me comes down to like context. Like what's the goal here? So like if I'm doing, you know, some lateral raises on the cable machine, I'm not thinking about how is this going to help my movements? I'm just thinking like I want to get my shoulders really jacked. And when I seen that guy, he was like he pulled it with one arm and then he spun around and then he did a shoulder press. I was like, that's really stupid. Like, you're doing, like, 10 things really badly. You're going to die. Um, like, why would you do that? <laughs> That's Let me I, speak. Yeah, go, go. And then Encima was like, well, wait a second. Like, dude, this, he's like, <clears throat> like, what you're saying, talking about, like, you know, like, maybe in a fighting situation, like, you're not in, like, one single plane. Mm. Then it made a lot of sense. And I'm like, oh, shit, like, that makes a ton of sense now. Mm. So I think the, the context and the goal for everything makes a huge difference when it comes to all this stuff. Cause again, like bodybuilders, they just want to get jacked. The functional patterns or even go to stuff like, you know, like how you said, Mark, like there's no rig, like, is there going to hurt anything if you're going to just chase the pump or something? Mm. And, and I agree with that. I think like if it doesn't hurt you, I think you're fine because if it doesn't hurt you, you're still able to get into some of these awesome positions. You have access to a lot of these things. 
unfortunately, a lot of people, we kind of, we, we pick on power lifters because we're the closest to them, but <laughs> they're literally right next door. Um, yep. They will squat bench and dead in pain, not be able to walk, but because it's their thing, they will not let go of it. That is causing pain. That is that is coding these bad patterns, right, that are just going to make them even more stuck. For them, if they did some WEC stuff, if they did some GOTA, if they did some functional patterns, it would only make them stronger. It would just make them better because they'd gain access to these amazing positions. It would, it would no doubt make them stronger. Uh, the hard part would be just to stop doing the other stuff for uh, even just a couple of weeks would mm-hmm. be really difficult. Mm-hmm. I remember... Uh, how hard it was, even for myself, but more so for like teammates, just to stop bench pressing for like a week. Mm. I was like, man, just they're like, man, my shoulder is really blown up. I think I have like bicep tendonitis. Like my <laughs> shit hurts all the time. And I'm like, you know what? Next week, I I think it just should be a week where you don't bench. And they're like, oh man, I you see it in their eyes. They get like real worried. They're like, I can't do that. And you're like, but it will make you better. <laughs> like, yeah, you're gonna be stronger. Like if you just take, if you could just take a little time off from that. I mean, it kind of reminds me of the sleep thing too, you know, where people are like, no, man, I, I have to, I got to be up at four. And you're like, at the compromise of, of only sleeping for four hours, <laughs> like if you're still sleeping a decent amount, then getting up at four doesn't sound like any consequences. Mm-hmm. If, you're, if you're lifting heavy and you don't have um, noticeable negative side effects and you're, you're doing the stuff that you really enjoy and you're doing the things that you really love, um, and I think that's another side of it too, right? It's like you can, like, I don't want to do that stuff. It's like, why don't you want to do it? Well, I don't like it. Well, that's a pretty decent argument. However, uh, again, if your wheels are falling off, then then you got to look at it. And I think that you have to be honest with yourself and you owe it to yourself to to look into it and to investigate it and at least try something different. Mm-hmm. You know, I think it is, uh, it, it's really dope how, Everyone that's been following you has seen your transition from powerlifting. You cut, you did bodybuilding, you stayed lean, um, you started running. Now you're doing stuff like this. Your body's loosening up, you're moving better because that shows that it's possible to make that transition. Uh, one thing you mentioned that I think is is really important, and you know, I just want to read this comment real quick because this was a comment on your post when you're showing some of the functional pattern stuff, this guy Clint Darden said, I'm struggling to have that same mindset. I'm assuming in the post you talked about how you're transitioning and Mm -hmm. doing this stuff. My body may be forcing me to now though. Mm -hmm. Um, And when he said his body's forcing him to now, that probably means that he's in quite a bit of pain. You know, the movements, like I know people who despite pain will still deadlift the same way, will still squat, will still bench because there's a connection to those specific movements and the weight that's on the bar. Um, one thing I think is that if you're not a competing power lifter, although you may love the lifts, uh, there's no reason to be married to the, that load. There's no reason to only have that be the thing you do. And I know how easy it is to be good at something and then be like, well, what am I going to do if I don't have this? What am I going to do if this isn't the main thing I'm doing? And also, what if I start something new, like doing some functional patterns, doing some WEC methods shit, or doing some jujitsu, but I suck because I'm new. It's a really hard, or running. Fuck, running. <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, but the thing is, is like, you kind of have to realize and pay attention to what the, what the, what's the end goal for you? Like, is the end goal to just, 
keep putting up these numbers on this barbell because you really like it. And if you really like it, this is this is one thing that I, I you know, I, I should I don't necessarily like this, but it is the way it is. If you really, really like something, but it is causing you a lot of pain and discomfort, but you love it and it brings you joy, maybe that's something you keep doing. You know, like I don't want to tell somebody how to live their life or what they should do. But if you know that it's not helping you to achieve the feeling you want with your body or do the things you want to be able to do with your body, maybe you got to get let go of it a bit like you said and start looking into other things that you are really, really shitty at as far as movement's concerned to progress there because in the long run, you're not going to lose a crazy amount of muscle. You're probably not going to lose a crazy amount of strength, but you're going to be able to live life more comfortably, uh, move more efficiently, and just feel better. So it's it's tough because we're all about lifting. We've all done powerlifting. We've all done and still do these lifts. But if you're if you want to kind of join in on this type of thing that we're going down, you might have to loosen the reins on how important those movements are to you and your program so you can actually make progress. Stan Efferding is a great example of some of this, I think. He did bodybuilding for a long time, um, many, many years ago, I think late, mid-90s. He went into a powerlifting competition and just did a deadlift, and I think he deadlifted 800. I think he just... He was like, I'm pretty strong at deadlifting, so I'm going to go and test it out and see what happens. And he pulled 804. Weak. A million, <laughs> million years ago. And uh, he, part, of the, part of the reason um, for a bodybuilder to explore a bench squat or deadlift uh, is because those are movements that lend themselves to uh, you being able to utilize a lot of weight. Yeah. And we know that the weight can help pack on some size and that's why Stan chose to do some of those movements. Later on in Stan's career, he was going after uh, being a pro bodybuilder. He trained with Flex Wheeler. He was a pro bodybuilder. He stopped training with Flex Wheeler, and he switched over to powerlifting. And then he started kicking a lot of ass in powerlifting. Then he went back to Flex, because like when I first met him, he wasn't a pro bodybuilder yet. He had to go back and forth a little bit. But when he was, he kept having breaks from each one. He had a break from bodybuilding. He had a break from powerlifting. Mm -hmm. He had a really a, a career where he did bodybuilding primarily for maybe like at least a decade or so. Um, and powerlifting, the heavy lifts, it was like a little bit more in the background. He just happened to build up an 800-pound deadlift because I think when he would deadlift, he would do, you know, reps and sets, you know. It just happened. Yeah, because he's a, well, he's a fucking rhino, right? <laughs> it was just the side effect of working hard. Just 800 pounds. Yeah, I know. He's he's a fucking mutant. Isn't that so funny to me, man? It just, it just, just happened. It just happened. It just, just pounds. Accidentally. Stan bro. He's, oh. he's a mutant. But my point mm -hmm. being is that like he stopped doing one thing and then he picked up another thing and he stopped doing one thing and he picked up another thing. And when he went back and forth, uh, the break from one – the break from powerlifting – was a welcome thing to bring back bodybuilding because when he d went to bodybuilding and he went to go for his pro card, he had newfound strength. He was stronger. Mm -hmm. He could move more weight. So it was easier for him and Flex Wheeler to team up because he had more muscle mass. And then when he would diet down, he looked even crazier. Mm -hmm. and, he, and, he, and it would just proceed uh, back and forth until he finally just kind of stopped with the bodybuilding stuff because he got his pro card and he was pretty happy with it. There's a, a piece of the pie, though, that people don't know. There, there's a piece of the puzzle, rather, 
that people don't understand about Stan Efferding is that his career was almost completely stopped due to hip pain. And he and I worked on all kinds of stuff. And he went, he trained with Ed Cohn for a while. And um, we were working on all kinds of stuff. And he called me up and he's like, I, he's like, man, he's like, I think I'm done. He's like, I think I have to get a hip replacement. I was like, holy fuck. You know? And I was like, well, I was like, we have been trying a lot of stuff. So, you know, we've been kind of trying a lot of Kelly Stretch stuff and messing around with some different things. Stan kind of hated a lot of that stuff. He wasn't a huge fan um, because he just, he loved to lift heavy. But he was also smart enough to not keep squatting and deadlifting. He, he was starting to develop a limp when he was walking and he was just uh, in a bad spot. So Stan, um, you know, is very resourceful and very smart. He hires Mark Philippi, who is a former uh, World's Strongest Man competitor and the UNLV strength coach. And Stan works with uh, Mark Philippi for a while, I think maybe 12 weeks later or so. So that's that's a long time. That's, what, three months or so, right? Yeah. That's, uh, that's not chump change just to stop. I think Stan stopped all lifting, trained with him only, and uh, there I shouldn't say he stopped all strength training. He stopped all lifting. He trained with Mark Philippi and did different types of strength training. Um, you know, things where you would be down on all fours and you uh, do the fire hydrant stuff with mm-hmm. your hip. Um, things that you might see an athlete do on a track using like things like a hip circle and uh, doing various things to get that hip to strengthen, but no longer in a deadlift and no longer in a squat couple months later, Stan returns back to the platform and does a 2,300-pound raw total and fucking destroys everybody <laughs> in powerlifting and has the all-time 275 uh, weight class record and the 308 weight class record, which I think since have been uh, broken. But, you know, he had, to, he had to have the strength to stop. And I always thought that that was – I always thought that was amazing. For myself, there's a lot of reasons why it was easy for me to stop. I – felt like I pushed it as like I couldn't have I mean I can with the knowledge I have now I could go back and, and do things maybe a little bit better but I, I felt like I gave it everything that I got so there's nothing else more for me to explore there um, and then the other thing was uh, just my health was like not great like I was just getting so big and stuff that it just that was no longer healthy like my time was running out and that was an agreement that I kind of had with myself going into it that I was going to give it X amount of time so if you're somebody that's having a hard time letting go, I think one of the best things you can do is develop an exit strategy. How long you want to do this for? Like, uh, you know, are you 20 and you want to, you know, power lift your whole life? Maybe that's a goal of yours. But it, then, you, then you have to understand, oh, this is a, this is a, long, this is a long game. If I, want to, if I think that this is something that I want to do for a really, really long time, um, I want to do this for many, many years because I, I want to go from a 315 deadlift to a 700 or whatever it might be. That's going to take many, many years. Then maybe you'll be maybe be more likely to just take your time with everything and to not feel like you're in such a rush. You know, I, I, I wonder, man. The, the first question I have for you, Mark, is like, do you know of any, any powerlifters in there? I know I've seen a few in their 50s, like especially in the senior divisions. A lot of times I see older powerlifters, some of them started later in life. Uh, but I'm wondering, are there any that have powerlifted for a long time and their body is still doing really well? I know there have to be some because, like, I have seen 
quite a few people end up getting hip replacements, mm-hmm. end up with some of these things. I know that like any sport, you do it really hard for a long time. You 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 know some injury might happen, but that's something I see within powerlifting because of the way like number one, you're moving all these loads that are super hip driven, squatting crazy amounts of weight mm-hmm. for a long time. Um, do you do you know any who anybody who's like been able to get to a head like a, you know? I think the hard thing with that is just that like people will stop competing at some point because they yeah. just like won't be they won't be super strong after a while. So maybe they just like won't care to compete anymore, but mm-hmm. they still may powerlift. So there could be a lot of people that are kind of like off the radar. Um, but there's the dude in the USAPL. I mean, it's few and far between. Black dude. Is it? I, I want. For some reason, I'm thinking Gene Bell, but I don't think that's the right name. I think it's. Uh, I don't know. Maybe we can figure Is out. Is that ball black guy? Yeah, he's two forty. He's yeah. in a. Well, they changed their weight classes, but like that guy's been destroying everybody for forever. And I think even like in his fifties, he's like beating people in the open. Class. I mean, it's just yeah, he's just fucking unbelievable. But you know, it's really, really rare. Mm-hmm. Um, also, I believe I don't think he's a raw lifter. Oh yeah, he, I've seen him with. Um, yeah, I've seen him with he may wraps be, on, and I'm sure he's plenty strong raw. Oh, but yeah. I do think there's some protection that the powerlifting equipment gives you, and I actually think that that's why I'm still able to do all the stuff that I'm able to do because mm-hmm. I competed in powerlifting gear. At least some of that shit absorbed, you know, some some of the weights I was lifting for so long. You know, one thing is I I just with if you want to keep those movements in, there's no reason not to. I still like deadlifting. I still like all these movements. I'll do them in different ways, but. You just don't have to be married to that number that you're lifting. Like, especially if you're not competing in powerlifting, you can still get great benefit out of those movements without them causing any type of negative effects in terms of like your movement or anything that you do. I think people have a misunderstanding of powerlifting too. How so? Power lift, a real powerlifter, like a competitive powerlifter, will actually only participate in powerlifting. Uh, maybe 5% of the time, maybe even less, uh, especially the longer you've been doing it. So if you're newer, you may test your max. You may do a single rep max, and you might see where you're at. But it would be really, really rare for a high-level power lifter to, like, you know, shake their hands up and roll the dice and <laughs> kind of see where they're at with max singles in three different, in you know, well, maybe not three different lifts because that would be more rare for someone to do that in a particular day. But to take three attempts and to take three max single attempts, like that mm-hmm. would be really rare. I know the West Side Method has, you know, like their max effort day, but it's with a variety of movements. It's in a bunch of different ways and it's it's not – it's systematic. Like there's a, there's a method to it. Yeah. But for the most part, if you were to add up all the reps and all the sets that you do from the time that you pick up a barbell with your warm-ups – uh, and the various thing and and all your accessory work that you do for the day. Even if you were to go into the gym and do a max deadlift, and you deadlifted five hundred pounds, mm-hmm. how many reps and sets did you do beforehand? You did your five hundred pounds. Now what are you going to do? Now I'd imagine you're going to do a three by five with eighty percent. Like that's very typical, right? So now you you did your five hundred sumo and you cheated, mm-hmm. and now you got to do three sets of five conventional with two twenty five. Yeah. Because <laughs> you can't lift any more than that conventional, right? And then you would do some hammies, and you would all these other things that you would do. They wouldn't be, they wouldn't be like the sport of powerlifting itself. They would all be things that are done in like higher reps. It's not like yeah. you go over to the glute ham raise and grab a giant med ball and then try to do a max single, rah, you know, and kill yourself doing that and go through all the different movements. So 
I, when you kind of think, when you start to think that way, you start to recognize that there's so much more to getting strong than just a bench squat and deadlift. And there's so much more to getting strong than just doing single rep maxes. The single rep maxes are more, they can get you stronger. And I think that people should do them more. Um, but I would say it would probably be healthier for people to do single rep work rather than single rep maxes, like single rep sub maxes. Uh, get the feel of like 80% and feel what that's like and, and drill it with the right timing of, of doing some good singles and stuff like that. And maybe try to move the weight kind of explosively. Like I actually think that that would be uh, more productive in some ways. But when I think about powerlifting, the actual like sport of powerlifting, the guys that are really, really good at it, they very rarely are going to, to their maximum on any of the lifts. Project Fam, this episode is brought to you by Vivo Barefoot Shoes. We've been wearing these shoes for almost a year now. They're flexible. They have a wide toe box. They allow your feet to get connected to the ground, and they will make your feet stronger. And they don't look like shit like a lot of these other barefoot <laughs> shoes. Andrew, how can they get them? You guys got to head over to VivoBarefoot.com and check out enter promo code POWERPROJECT to save 20% off your entire order. Links to them down in the description as well as the podcast show notes. Let's get back to this video. I want to ask both of you guys a question. Mark and Andrew. When it comes to your physicality, um, what what is the thing that gets you doing new physical things? What's your goal when it comes to the gym, when it comes to your fitness? Um, what is your goal? My my goal is always the same. It's always improvement. Okay. I just want to be I want to be better at something. And uh again, I think when it came to the bench squat and deadlift, I think my luck ran out. <laughs> like I couldn't figure out how to get uh, any quote unquote better at it. But now if I look at it, like every day is different. I'm a different age. I could still have goals. I can still be better. Maybe I can't, maybe at the moment it would be really difficult for me to figure out how to be uh, stronger on a single rep bench press maximum. Uh, but I could be stronger in a single rep maximum at this body weight. You know what I'm saying? Like, so there's a lot of other things I could do and uh, we can kind of uh, utilize the Louis Simmons stuff where, where Louis was a big fan of, um, he called them like mini maxes. A mini, mini max would be like, okay, I normally bench under these circumstances this way. This time I'm going to bench with my feet up. Mm. That's a PR. Mm -hmm. I'm going to bench with my feet up and I'm going to do a set of three. I'm going to bench with my feet up and my grip's going to be closer. I'm going to bench with my feet up and my hands are going to be wider. So um, better is an interesting term. And then like the, when it comes to gym stuff, I've, for me personally, it's helped to just kind of reinterpret what I even think is better. Because mm -hmm. I don't necessarily, I don't know what a squat does. Mm. All the years I've been squatting, I don't I have no idea what the fuck it does. <laughs> I know that it can help get you bigger. I do know that. I've seen enough people squat to know that a squat can help you get bigger. And it is a thing that lends itself to you using a little bit more weight. But does it make you a better football player uh, by squatting super deep? Or I, I just, that's where my knowledge base runs out. I think there's so many other ways. A squat is a great way. It's one way. It's one, there's, but there's millions of ways to get yourself strong. You tell me the guy that's going to come in, uh, uh, every damn Dre or how do you every mm. goddamn Dre, every goddamn <laughs> Dre. You can tell me that guy's not strong. <laughs> Fuck man. That guy, you know what I mean? Like, does, Bill Maeda. 
Yeah, right. And can Bill Maeda squat 600 pounds? No. No. <laughs> but but you look at the shit that he's he doing. He's shredded too. He's shredded. And the, the types of, like, even the movements he's doing, they're not necessarily crazy heavy. Like Sometimes they are. Sometimes they are. Sometimes. <laughs> yeah. Don't get me wrong. But I'm, when I say crazy heavy, I mean, like, when, when some of us think of heavy, people think of, like, 500, 600 pound squat. 300, 400 pound deadlift. He's not doing stuff like that mm-hmm. unless, unless he's just not showing it. But he shows what he does. He's doing kettlebells. He's doing rotational type movements where he's getting all these different parts Ooh. of his abdominals going. That oh. rotational one like, the other day with that 25 oh. on there. Yeah. Like look, look how far his arms are from his body when he's doing that. That's how slow and controlled. And and that like that just kind of shows you how much control he has over that load. By the way, guys, Bill is 53 years old. Looks incredible. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like his ability to move and his ability to control his body. It's like there, I think one thing you said, and Andrew, actually you too, what's your goals? What do you like, what gets you pumped up in terms of training? Oh, sure. Um, So just to clarify, just like kind of what gets me up and going when I'm going to go lift. To try something new. Like you, you've embraced a a lot Mm -hmm. of the new stuff. A lot of those people that we've had here. Mm -hmm. Yeah. um, my, My stuff's, it's, it's not too, I mean, I guess it can be pretty deep ingrained in the soul and whatnot, but like sometimes it's just like super, like superficial stuff. Um, you know, like, uh, it's summers, it's, uh, you know, summertime now. And, you know, I was at the pool yesterday and I was just super confident taking my shirt off. Simple things like that will get mm-hmm. me fired up to like, oh, that's going to get my legs bigger. Fuck it. Let's go do it. You know, like I want to do that. Um, you know, the shorts are getting shorter, so I'm going to do that too. Um, you know, and then, um, you know, freaking Melvin, man, he crushed me with that shirt design. Ah, yeah. I'm like, I need to become that person again. (laughs) And what's funny is like, my wife was like, dude, he like nailed your chest and everything. And so I asked him, I was just like, did you like look at pictures or something? And he's just like, yeah, I did. I'm like, holy fuck, dude. Like he did really good. So Again, something a little superficial, a little on the surface area where it's like, oh, I just want to get jacked, but that will get me up and going. That'll keep me in check with my diet. That'll do things like that. Mm-hmm. And then the, the deeper stuff, which is like the movement stuff, uh, talking to Gary Scheffler, you know, he, he still recommends that I don't do like lift the way I do. Um, so I'm kind of like skirting around that and still lifting, but He's coming here. You I know. Be ready. I know. No, trust me. I know. We've been texting and I'm just like, oh, fuck, I got to get Gary back. Gary coming. Soon. Uh, and then like, uh, July something early July. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. I'll be here for like a week. What he said was like, um, don't risk your future with your son because you can't put down the weights today. And I'm like, Oh, okay. You know, so, um, trying to get the back in line, trying to, um, you know, get out of pain, that sort of thing. It's for my son, you know, I want to be around. I want to be able to roll around with him on the ground. <clears throat> Uh, and so when it comes to something like jujitsu, I want him to do it and I want him to see me doing it so that way he gets more fired up because right now when he sees us working out, mm-hmm. he like just, he wants to do it. Like he gets the breathing down too. like anytime yeah. he sees a slingshot logo, he, he just <laughs> it starts, triggers him. He, yes. Yeah. I had, uh, Sounds amazing. I had the, uh, one of the, I think it's the infinity infinity loop. It was just on the couch and uh, he grabbed it and he just, <laughs> like he just starts breathing hard like he's working out and so it's just like let's go i mean there's like other like you know things on the the couch or wherever you know he could find and he doesn't do that for anything but when he sees it's like a workout a piece of workout equipment he just instantly goes into workout mode 
so that's like the the deep deep stuff so like the superficial stuff is i just want to look jacked you know get my wife all excited when she sees me with my shirt off like she did yesterday which was amazing and then the the long-term stuff which is like i want to be there for my kids you know my worked out with my daughter you know we did some like a little bro sesh type thing mm-hmm. stuff like that like i want to be able to do that so that's what one will kind of like um get me like to spark right in the moment to where it's like oh yeah let's go you know like like this morning i did some decline presses and stuff so i'm like let's go do that right now but then like the movement stuff that's like the long-term stuff that's for me the movement stuff's a lot harder to do because it's not as fun it's not as exciting it's not as um like you don't you don't chase the pump when you get like you know if you do some bicep curls you can be like oh sick i got that vein going right now this is awesome you know when you're doing some stretching and stuff it's like okay this feels good but you know you have to you have to go outside of your normal thing at least my normal thing to do it although it's become normal but that's the stuff that is like i said that's like the the more meaningful stuff for me right now because it's for my son for my daughter for Mm. the future yeah 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 and you know one thing i want to say too is for for people listening because like a lot of people listening want to look better with their shirt off Mm -hmm. And the stuff that we're talking about as far as movement and and these things that are going to help you feel better and move better, these things can also allow you to gain muscle. Don't, don't get it twisted. Don't, don't assume that like, you know, you got to focus on this and then all your muscle gaining hopes and dreams (laughs) are going to be dashed aside. You can do this shit at the same time. Um, I, I mean, I know Gary has certain goals for you Mm -hmm. in terms of your body, but I don't think that there's no reason why you can't do some dumbbell rows and bicep curls and dumbbell chest presses and still you know without using any type of load that's going to hurt you right. and still be able to do all this other stuff that you're trying to do mm-hmm. and on I mean? top of that i think you can like you can still like maybe apply like other movements and stuff like if you're doing uh if you're thinking about like building the chest well maybe you have these ideas of like benching and stuff but like maybe your shoulder hurts Maybe you can do dumbbell presses, and when you do dumbbell presses, maybe you can start to do like unilateral, or you mm-hmm. can do one, you know, one at a time, where um, you have to kind of stabilize yourself. Like that shit's really hard. It, it, you feel it through your stomach, um, so you can make your your you can make kind of your normal bro movements. I mean, what would be wrong with just like curling one weight? You know, you have a forty pound dumbbell in one hand. Mm-hmm. You got to curl <clears throat> curl it. Well, now you incorporated the whole body. Now you need like body English. When you have weights in both hands, everything's more even, and you're you're kind of more in these uh, traditional positions. I heard uh, Andrew Huberman the other day talking about like he's like I was just thinking about it the other day. Like, why not just put one foot in front of the other when I curl? You know, mm-hmm. and why not? People have done this on deadlifts for years. This has been something that's been talked about for a long time. Paul Check used to talk about these kinds of things. Ian King is another guy that used to – I remember seeing articles on uh, T Nation years ago about doing staggered stance deadlifts. Uh, and who's to say that you can't uh, turn your hips to face a wall and then have your upper body towards the mirror and do your curls? Like why, like, why not? Like what? Somebody's like, you're going to hurt your back that way. It's like – oh. Are are you? <laughs> Maybe you're not. I mean, the body is made to twist. When we had Corey Schlesinger here, he talked about, um, you know, hey, just when you're on your walk, just turn your shoulders, you know, to the side, and and walk that way for a little bit, and then turn your shoulders the other way. Mm-hmm. I mean, why not throw a little twisting and a little mm-hmm. bit of different movement into stuff? Absolutely. And and what I think is the, one of the most important things that was mentioned here is. The idea that you just mentioned of reinterpreting what strength is. Because for a while, for me, strength was 
well, how much can I move on my squat bench and deadlift? Mm-hmm. Uh, for a while, strength was, okay, what am I progressing right now on my dumbbell chest press and my rows and my pen lay rows? Am I getting stronger? Am I, um, I must not be getting stronger because there's not more weight on the bar. But now with the reinterpretation of strength, getting stronger for me is being able to move more fluidly, being able to do be stronger at body weight work, being able to move better in jujitsu, being able to, you know, do more things with my feet. All of these things, I'm seeing progression. Mm-hmm. I'm able to find more abilities to get stronger doing so many more things that it, that's all benefiting me that now I'm not lumped into, I'm only allowed to do this. And this is only the only place where I see benefit. I can let go of those progressing those movements and I have other places where I can get stronger. And I think for a lot of people, uh, it's going to be beneficial for you to search for other places where you can get stronger. Because I, there's no way that I could have stopped focusing on powerlifting and just done nothing, mm-hmm. right? Like I love working out because I need to, I need to empty the fucking tank somehow. I have to empty the tank. But I might as well empty the tank and do something that's actually going to help me out. That's why I have jujitsu and all these other things. But now with all the like I'm focusing on calisthenic stuff, movement stuff, there's so many new things in there that's allowing my body to do new things. And I'm getting stronger. The weight on my deadlift definitely gone down. (laughs) The weight on my squat has probably gone down. But I'm stronger as a person because that's not the only way that I define strength. Yeah. Yeah. Uh that's yeah dude so when it comes to defining strength like i never would have thought this was strong until i had to do it yesterday it was a pain in the ass but um you know so woke up at a a pretty good early time got some work done for the podcast but then it was my daughter's birthday so it's like what do you want to do a lot of things fell through so it's like oh let's just let's go to the mall let's do what kids want to do let's go to the mall and Mm -hmm. shop around do some whatever random shopping um my son does not like to stay still in the uh stroller so Uh we find a store uh we stop to look at something. He freaks out. Fuck. Walk around the store. Nope. He don't want to walk around the store. He, you know, we're at Arden. So he wants to walk around the middle where like the sun comes in. And yeah. Stuff. I don't blame him. Yeah. Um, so 18,000 steps inside the mall That's in cool. a time span of four hours. So Holy a lot, shit. lot of standing. Why were you at the mall for four hours? Dude, we made a day out of it. Okay. Like, <laughs> okay. it was, um, it was what she wanted to do. So like we yeah. literally were there for four hours. It's like, Holy shit. Um, Got home, cleaned up a little bit, went back to uh, Stephanie's parents' house where I swam with the kids. I was the only adult in there, uh, not because by choice, but just because I just happened to be there. And um, swam with the kids with the, for like another two hours or something. Was freaking exhausted. But I still kept, you know, I kept up with the damn kids. You know, like mm-hmm. that was hard, right? 14-year-olds. And um, got home and, you know, still had a good dinner. And like, dude, I was shot. But I woke up this morning early again and got my workout in. Yeah. So for for parents like i mean dude if you can keep up with your kids like that's pretty damn strong like i know we talk about like oh you can fit a workout in you can do this you can do that man um i was beat up pretty bad but it was cool because now i'm like dude i feel feel fucking badass that i was able to do that as silly as that sounds right but i did it and you know like a previous me would have just been like oh you didn't work out like oh you're such a bitch i'm like dude chill out so like i didn't do cardio this morning because i'm like i got a lot of steps in yesterday so, like, there's no need. But, yeah, definition of strength is different. Would you mind pulling up our boy, Justin Lovato, who we're going to have on the show soon? Be good to show some of what he's doing. I think sometimes when you see some of these people working out and you see them doing a lot of different exercises, um, maybe it's just because of the mode that I'm in nowadays. But, like, I think it looks fun a lot of times to 
work out the way that some of these people were working out. And even when I was powerlifting and I saw the CrossFit community, uh, I saw some of what they were doing. I was always like, that stuff looks awesome. Like yeah. it would be sick to be able to do like a rope climb. It would be sick to be able to uh, like, it would be awesome to be able to do a handstand walk. Like that would be sick. Mm-hmm. Uh, just let me know if you see something. Yeah, you can just click on any good. old thing. He's always this doing something good. crazy, you know, not crazy, but just, I saw him do a barbell thing where he brought the barbell up like this. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know if it's in this video, but it was pretty dope. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Oh, shit. Like a front raise, but all the way up overhead. This man is shaped like an action figure, yeah? Mm -hmm. What the fuck? Yeah, and then rather than just a regular overhead press, he's just doing alternating, and he's doing alternating curls. Alternating curls just requires your abdomen and your... I mean, it's not like when you curl with both hands that it doesn't Ooh. require your stomach, but yeah, now he's utilizing a, a sledgehammer type thing. Look at that. Shoulder mobility and creating force slamming down. Like, Jesus. Is he still in SoCal? He's in Texas nowadays. Uh, okay. But, it, you know, just in short, it looks like a lot of people are doing things that that are encouraging their bodies to feel better. Like, yeah. when they're done, they're like, that felt really good. Mm-hmm. Um, powerlifting can feel that way sometimes, but it's kind of more rare. Like usually the next day you wake up and you're like, wow, mm-hmm. you're like, I'm fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> and it takes you a while to, uh, to be able to straighten yourself out when you, uh, get up, you know, from a chair and, and all that shit. And when you get up out of bed in the morning, um, but I don't really have that kind of stuff going on that same level of, of stiffness, but, uh, things are still getting tight because like a lot of movements are new. Mm. And so uh, the, the challenge is still really high. I think I think what we're, what we're after is to get conditioned enough to where you can stress your body enough to force adaptation, uh, but without being fucked up. You mm-hmm. know, you, it's just enough stimulus. Um, I see the way you work out sometimes, and like it's it seems like it's more rare for you to be like fuck. Like I really, I, I overdid. I think maybe a couple weeks ago you were going doing some jujitsu pretty good, and you were lifting pretty good and you're like I you're like I got myself pretty good but normally I think normally you shake off your workouts fairly easy because your conditioning is up right yeah yeah my workouts um and I'm working on a lot of a lot of new things too but it's like you said the main goal of my workouts is to get me enough stimulus that number 1 as far as muscle gain is concerned maybe I'll gain a small amount over a long period of time um but I'm not destroying myself in every training session I am, though, making progress on the things that I've been working on, like the the po- the frog thing that I was doing before. Mm-hmm. That's getting a lot easier. And when My you wrists are stronger. And when you're messing with that, you're not thinking like, I wish this was a lot harder mm-hmm. because you because you're you are really strong. Right. But going into these movements, how do you feel when you start, first start doing them? Feels like it feels horrible. You probably <laughs> feel kind of weak at it. Right. Feels. Yeah. I feel. Re- no, no. Yeah. I feel like a, a total novice. But um and it's funny because some of these movements, there's really no weight at all, but it's very difficult to do. But the thing is, is like the the benefits I'm seeing outside of it, it's like doing things in life is just easier. Like now, nowadays, when I'm working, I'm sitting at home or I'm chilling here, I'm just, I just hop into a squat and I'll just like read from that position. But now I'm not super hunched over on my back anymore. I'm able to be a bit more upright. I'm able to exude better strength in those deep ranges of motion. And it's not like I've gotten rid of working with weights. I'm still working with loads, but I can see the the benefit outside of the gym way more now. 
And I know that if I did want to push the muscle gain aspect of things, it's a very easy thing to do while I'm still doing what I'm doing right now, which is why, again, it's like, you know, if you do want to get better at movement or like, you know, Udo Portal was just on Andrew Huberman. Like if you want to get better at those things, if you want to include more Gota type stuff into what you do, I don't believe and there's no reason why you need to get rid of traditional bodybuilding type movements. Um, I don't think those movements, as long as you still have stimulus in that allows you to exude great ranges of motion and move better, as long as you're doing both, you can get better at both. So my workouts aren't killing me. I'm moving better. I'm feeling better. And I'm not losing muscle, <laughs> you know? I think it's some of it's like just training like an athlete, you know, like a football player has a game at the end of the week. Mm-hmm. So on Monday, you know, what's their options? Or let's say an NBA team that, that they're in camp and they, they don't, it's not the, the start of the season yet. Corey Schlesinger with the Phoenix Suns, he's going to have his team doing stuff that's demanding, that's going to force an adaptation. But they also have basketball practice later that day. They got to shoot free throws and they got plays to run and they got drills and they got all kinds of stuff that they're doing. They're not just like in there just lifting. And I think that for the average for the average person that is trying to make some really marked improvements and they want to uh, – there's somebody that maybe is seeking to get – to be better in a, in a wide range of things. I think the best thing that you can do is try to – view yourself like an athlete as if you do have a game on the weekend as if you do have something and then your workouts they can still be like long and stuff like that but i i think you'd be better off with short dosage of workouts um where again you're you're getting the result that you want uh without the negative side effects you're getting that adaptation and you're like i'm taking that and i'm fucking i'm taking my ball and i'm gonna go home (laughs) because if you do any more you're going to, you're going to just, it's going to bleed into the next day. And then you're, it's, uh, it's something that can be problematic over time. You'll just find yourself in the same old rut again. Yeah. When I was, um, super self-conscious, I would be the guy that's like, like, oh, if I'm pressing, you know, whatever, 45s and the guy next to me does 55s, I would have to go grab the sixties cause I don't want to, you know, look like a bitch, uh, which is hilarious to think now because like I would maybe even be able to pick up a 60 pound dumbbell, but now, just like you and Seema, I train just for the stimulus. Like I actually on my my cable machine at home and the cable machine I use at the gym, the, the there actually is no numbers on any of them. Like I just I, when I track my workouts, I just track it as like one through whatever. So like I did on this day, I did you know whatever decline press, um, you know whatever X amount at number eight. Mm. I don't know what eight means. I don't know if it's 80 pounds. I don't know if it's 40 pounds. It doesn't matter Yeah, because I got that stimulus and that stimulus is what's pushing me to like, oh shit, I feel that. That feels great. Like when I get off of that thing, I'm like, oh, like I'm, I probably look like a dickhead, like just out here, just like flexing in front of everybody or whatever, but it feels incredible. And like getting that feeling is like, that's another driving factor. Cause I'm just like, dude, I can't wait to do that again next week or in, yeah. in four days. Cause like I'm not getting hurt cause I'm not. Uh, ego lifting, right? I'm not looking at like, oh, that's that's 80 pounds. Let's see what 85 pounds feels like, and then you do it. Oh, okay, I could de- I, I could do 100, and then it's like, oh shit, like I hurt myself again, my shoulder, whatever it may be. Yeah. Now it's like that was the right amount of weight for that stimulus, and I'm gonna keep pushing for that same stimulus, dude. 
I saw this on a Jordan Shallow video a mm. week ago or so, and he was talking to somebody, and he said, the name of the game isn't progressive overload. The name of the game is progressive overstimulus, mm-hmm. right? And when you think about that, when a lot of people think of progressive overload, and this is how I was thinking about things years ago when I'd program and when I'd train, it's like I always, over time, I always need to be moving more load, more load, more load, more load. But you think about it. And there's no way that you're going to perpetually <laughs> be moving more load. But if you can figure out different ways, and that's why some people do drop sets, that's why some people do different types of things in their training, because it gives them a little bit more stimulus than they had last time, a little bit more stimulus than they had last time. And if you can continue getting some type of increased stimulus to that muscle, doesn't necessarily need to be more load, right? It could be more reps. It could be more tension. There's a lot of ways you can get more stimulus If you can keep increasing stimulus, you Mm -hmm. will make progress. It doesn't always need to mean that you have to work with heavier weights all the time. There's so many variables to that, right? Like you can just slow down. You can just lift slower. (laughs) Yeah. You know? (laughs) Think about so many people who've done pause deadlifts and pause squats, Mm -hmm. right? Where they're like, oh, wow, I I hit a new PR by adding some pausing Mm -hmm. into into the movement I was doing, right? Mm -hmm. So there are a lot of things that can increase that stimulus. It's it's amazing. It's like endless. And that gets to be kind of fun too. Like, mm. let me see if I can do this under these other conditions. Mm-hmm. Like, what if I go four seconds on the way down? Or what if I go eight seconds on the way down on like a squat or something? It's brutal. Uh, I've done some uh, eccentric work with um, – and concentric work now that I think about it – on deadlifts. And that was so hard, like a 16-second deadlift. <laughs> eight seconds on the way up, eight seconds on the way down. Remember, we did a little bit of that with Marcus Philly. <laughs> and we were dying like it's it smokes you like take 135 pounds and do do a 16 second deadlift do a set of five <laughs> you're yeah. gonna be like what in the fuck is wrong with me <laughs> nothing's wrong with you it's just fucking difficult when you change uh when you slightly change some of the attributes of what it is you're doing mm-hmm. and there's there's an aspect of that that can't always be studied you know one of the reasons why in, in the evidence-based crowd you see um like just some of these concepts that are continuing to push forward is because they've been studied and they've been able to see the difference that more load over time makes. But uh, some of these individuals still I mean, and I, I mean, they, they look down on some other of these training methods that you'd see maybe uh, John Meadows utilize, right? He, he did quite a bit of drop setting and doing certain things to failure, not all the time, but he did quite a bit of that in his training. And people from one side would look at that and be like, oh, that's all unnecessary stuff. But when you now think of the stimulus aspect mm-hmm. of it, there's a, lot of, there's a lot of new stimulus that's going on that can allow a person to grow. I think sometimes that's like uh, – And I used to shit on that stuff too, by yeah. the way, like totally. I think sometimes I think things are like using a sledgehammer to put a nail into the wall. You know, like that solves that problem. Bam! Like you just fucking <laughs> smash the fuck out of it. So like drop sets and like, uh, you know, doing long holds and doing stuff that makes you like scream or make noise. You're like, I'm sure as shit that that fucking did something like mm. because because of that effort. Um, but again, like you don't need to do all your training that way. No. But does it ensure that you probably did create a stimulus? It, it, it probably does mean that you created a stimulus because you did something so challenging, you had to flinch over it. Like you had to make a face or you had to make a noise. Um, And so I think that that's some people's way of like handling certain things. Like I'm just going to absolutely fucking kill myself with this. Mm -hmm. But remember, it's, uh, 
we we want to get that adaptation. We don't want to uh, stimulate, not annihilate. I think that was uh, Lee Haney Ooh. who said that. Nice. And he looked pretty good, Lee Haney. He was all didn't right. He? Yeah. <laughs> he was okay. I mean. I think oh. he's still jacked. Oh, no. <laughs> I remember Evander Holyfield like started I'm fucking around. Like, yeah, yeah, for real. And, 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 <laughs> and Evander Holyfield like started getting more and more jacked. It's like, mm-hmm. hmm, what's going on here? Oh yeah he got i mentioned on the podcast before but he got caught well his address was receiving certain supplements under the name evan fields that's great (laughs) it wasn't even like like really like evan field like evander holyfield like (laughs) he couldn't get more creative with the name on the box it says steroids (laughs) yeah it was yeah it was it was a, a bus like that where it's like hey wait a second we know this address that name sounds familiar Anyway, wrap it. Oh, good. By the way, guys, I do want to mention we don't have a code or anything, but um, you know our boy uh, Graham <laughs> Tunnel uh, <laughs> mentioned Earth Runners to me recently, and then I I purchased it, they're so and expensive. they're fucking expensive <laughs> for a slab. Like you're pay- I paid ninety dollars oh for this. It's probably hard to make that fucking thing. Believe it or not, really, it, I can't imagine. It does have a vibram soul. So this is one thing. It's oh, it's, oh they it's, got the, oh, they have see. a vibram soul. What um, does vibram soul mean? Mean vibram? Yeah, vibram. Uh, they uh, what the fuck's that word? Um, they they basically let people utilize their logo and utilize their technology for some of the shoes that they have. And oh, they God. make oh, really so like good. The, the company vibe like the shoe. Yeah, the My shoe bad. company okay. vibram. Yeah, they, I'm stupid. Sorry. That's God. actually a, a big aspect of what a lot of companies uh, about like how they make a lot of their money because their their fucking sole technology in terms of how long they last is really good. That they'll lend it out to other companies that will pay them to use it. Um, but I've I've been loving walking around in these because when summer comes, I usually use flip flops. Mm-hmm. Um, but these, they, they're, I can still like feel the ground when I'm walking because it's minimal. So yeah, people have been asking about flip flops and mm-hmm. flip flops in general. Uh, I don't think are great. Probably not horrible for for let, allowing your toes to be open and allowing your feet to open up a bit, yeah. but uh, probably just not ideal. I think you have to kind of mm-hmm. claw at the ground a lot with your uh-huh. foot just to kind of keep them on. Mm-hmm. So I don't I don't think they're, you know, the most ideal thing. Yeah. So and you I, might want to look at something like that. And I'm not a big fan of like the Xero shoes because I think they're ugly, mm-hmm. but they apparently do also have a sandal. Yeah, if you I'll, guys I'll, bring, are I'll bring mine in. It's, it's a lot flimsier than that though it yeah. is like literally like a thin piece of rubber like from a tire like it's it's super thin but it's it's cool because like it, it you are definitely barefoot in that thing yeah um Th- this is one thing i'm thinking though. this is tough though this is one thing i'm thinking like i do think it's a benefit if there's something that has better quality i know we love like it's good to save money but if so, like the, the sole thing on this is going to last me a long time That's cool. right yeah. so i paid 90 bucks for it but it, I'm going to get that money. I'd rather pay that than spend half the money and it wears out in a few months, right? Yeah. Listen, man, don't be fucking cheap out there, okay? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, I mean, guys, look at both. But if you guys are looking for a barefoot sandal, Zero has some. Earthrunners has some. I know there are other companies, but I know since we've been getting onto this barefoot stuff, you mm-hmm. guys have been curious. We don't have a code for either, so, so let do what us, you will. Yeah, let us know which ones you guys like more because like, I need to get some other ones. Um, those ones, I, I just feel like... Like I, I was messing with you, but it's like um, you have to carry around like the tablets when you Moses in the because <laughs> you look very uh, real, like yeah, like some some somebody wrote those in the Bible. I, I was wearing <laughs> these, and my girl's like, I don't know, you'd be worried about you and out there anymore either. <laughs> <laughs> just making uh, pussy dry walking around in these. <laughs> yeah, you just say your name's crossed off the list. 
it sucks because <laughs> in the mall, like I seen people wearing like the the, the wrap around sandals like those and stuff, mm-hmm. and it's like they are exactly exactly what we're all imagining right now. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, fuck, <laughs> like, get in the gym, man. Like stand up for us. <laughs> hey guys, if you're listening and you want to know how to dry out some pussy, <laughs> you've come to the right fucking. Place. Hey, <laughs> we, will, we will figure that shit out for you guys. <laughs> It'll be like magnesium carbonate down there. <laughs> <laughs> the word I was looking for for Vibrams is they license it out. <laughs> there we go. Motherfucker, I should have known that That's one. That's all right. Took me, it took me eight minutes to figure that it out. <laughs> I just want to kind of end by, say, by <laughs> saying uh, the reinterpretation was everything for me uh, to be able to reinterpret what I thought was strong. There's mm-hmm. just so many different versions of strength um, that, you know, I, I think I, I have been someone that has admired the strength of, of many athletes over the years. I remember people uh, sometimes knocking bodybuilders saying that they're not strong, and which I always thought was just kind of false anyway, mm-hmm. because, you know, some guys like, you know, knocking out a set of 10 or 12 reps of 405 on a squat and hitting their butt on the ground. It's like, that is, and they're doing multiple, they don't, they don't do one set. You know, powerlifter does one set, one mm-hmm. rep, rest five minutes, right? They're doing almost every minute on the minute, every 90 seconds, they're they're hitting those big fucking weights like that. So I always found it to kind of not even be true that bodybuilders weren't strong. But on top of that, how much strength does it take to be a bodybuilder, mm. to live that fucking lifestyle? Mm. Like that takes a lot of courage, a lot of strength. Uh, sometimes you're after a show, you're fucking bright orange or what, you know, like the, the tanning, the fucking posing, the... Um, you're just different. You're so different that it's it's obvious. When you start to get to those body fat percentages and you live that life and you you are doing it 24-7, you like smell weird because like, you know, the white dudes, we, we got to use the tanning spray and then fucking everything like that. And it's like the whole thing, like the whole thing from top to bottom, like there's there's nothing normal about like bodybuilding mm-hmm. uh, at all. And then to be on one of those diets for 16 weeks or for 40 weeks or however long somebody needs to go about doing it, it takes a tremendous amount of strength. So there's strength in every sport, gymnastics. Like I can't do any of the stuff that someone, a gym- gymnastics person can do unless I started to work on it, unless I started to learn it. But they have an inc- they have an incredible amount of strength. Some of the movements that you're getting into that you're messing with, it's like you're not sitting there like wishing, like, oh, I wish this was a lot harder. I wish I had, you know, because it, it requires a ton of strength. You're not used to moving your body around like that, so it's still really challenging. I went to a pole studio yesterday with my, with my girl. Um, she she does pole, lira, hammocks, and silks, right? Um, and yesterday they were having some, like, uh, it was supposed, like, they were having, uh, some of the students were doing, like, a show where they'd, you know, do different routines and stuff. I see. <laughs> A show. And it is what you were like. I did walk in and I sat there. Um, and as I was sitting there with Sam, you know, I was looking at this woman up on this pole and I was like, I don't know if I should look or if I should look away because like she just had underwear on. And I was like, but, but, you know, everything's very crotchy too, I'm sure. You know, as, as, like, as funny as this may seem though, as I was watching, I was like, God damn, like, she's fucking strong because she was mm. doing like these wild things where her body was out and she was like spinning, but it, it was, it, she had crazy calisthenic strength. And then I saw this other girl doing some stuff on the hammocks and she was climbing up. She was wrapping her legs around flipping. And like, I'm like, 
holy shit and then sam fucking hell she told the teacher you know he's never really been on a lira before so the and teacher which was one's like, the lira is like the circle that has the pole underneath mm. so it's it's type in lira on youtube how do i spell it l-y-r-a so the teacher had me pull myself up into the lira i did some little jazz hands <laughs> and i slowly brought myself down in a graceful way but i'm like these women are just doing this effortlessly. Mm. You know what I mean? So it's, there is an immense amount of strength in that too. Cause as I was watching these people do this and I see you smirking, Ooh. I see your ass smirking as, hey, I was, <laughs> as I was watching them do this. I'm like, God damn, the, the, these women are fucking strong. And like, it's, it's, it's crazy, <laughs> but it is really fucking cool. It's attractive. It is. It's attractive to see people be able to, be able to demonstrate these different levels of strength i think yeah like if you and mobility yeah dude and male female it doesn't matter like it's not it's just it just is cool you're like that's dope that's yeah. fucking cool someone can move their body that way it was it, it was pretty fucking dope um so you know there's there's a lot of different ways for people to be strong and i think that's the that's the great aspect about this whole fitness stuff that we do because it's not just bodybuilding or powerlifting or jujitsu there is way more uh things that people have options to to become strong and that's fucking dope i think again like back to the reinterpretation if you think about like why like why did you start doing what you're doing we've talked about this before like if you started doing what you're doing because someone stole your bike when you were a kid and you want to be able to fight and defend yourself <laughs> yeah. well then you should go into classes that teach you about like fighting you uh-huh. know like mma type stuff or uh jujitsu muay thai something like that would probably be a better place to examine some of that so i think sometimes the thing that we're doing in the gym uh we think it's uh we think it's serving a particular purpose in a a particular way but it might not even be accurate of what it is that it's actually doing for us uh again getting stronger like if if you're somebody listening to the show and you're you have a really strong bench press that's cool and that's and if you love that then that's fine but i would encourage you to work on some other attributes work on some other things i'm not saying ditch the bench press Still, you know, do the thing that you like, do the mm-hmm. things you love, but sprinkle in some stuff where you're like, wow, that was like, I said today, I was doing some farmer's carries, some backward sled drags and uh, the uh, squat max. And I did a circuit mm-hmm. and I was like, it's kind of embarrassing how much this is blowing me up, <laughs> but find shit that's kind of embarrassing, you know, find stuff where you're yeah. like, this, oh, man, I feel really foolish right now. Hope mm-hmm. no one sees this. Mm-hmm. This is fucking terrible. I'm just gonna keep this to myself for now. Mm-hmm. I think it's I think it's a great thing to do, along with doing the shit that you love and the shit that you like. Absolutely, Andrew, take us on out of here, buddy. Absolutely, thank you everybody for checking out today's episode. Uh, please drop us a comment <clears throat> on anything you guys heard today. Let us know how your workouts are going, all that good stuff. And uh, subscribe if you guys are not subscribed already, and turn on all those bell notifications. Please follow the podcast at MB Power Project on Instagram, TikTok, and Twitter. My Instagram, TikTok, and Twitter is at I am Andrew Z and Sema. Where are you at? We have more than fifteen hundred people in Discord right now, oh, heading yeah. towards two thousand. Um, so join the Discord because like people are going over things that we talk about here. People are showing their wins. It's a really good community over there. It's nice. pretty fucking awesome, and. I won't say too much, but we have some few things that are just coming only to people in the Discord. So you better join up. And see my on Instagram and YouTube. And see my Yin on TikTok and Twitter. And the Discord link is in the description. Mark. I'm at Mark's Millie Bell. Strength is never weakness. Weakness is never strength. Catch you guys later. Bye. Vagina dryers. <laughs>